Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We need to come clean about something. What? Sarah has lost the spreadsheet with everybody's nickname on it. Okay. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. And now is the time to bring it up because this is the first episode where we really have a lot. Yes. This, this, this is, is a proper sprinkles. Yeah. Um, ma, 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 so, so, because today I looked through all my email drafts. I can't find it anywhere. Jeff is genuinely annoyed at me because he does so much of the heavy lifting with this podcast. And it's like, I don't have that much shit to do. This is me hitting rock bottom with the admin so that I can become who I want to be. <laughs> so we're, we're sort of starting over now. So if we've heard from you previously and you write back in, give me your old name and I'm going to get a whole thing going and it's going to be really magical and really great moving forward. So what if you reallocate a name over the next week or two and then somebody whose name it previously was writes in and said, just catching up, it's me. Listen, listen, listen. I've thought about this. I've Mm -hmm. thought about this. Number one, part of leading with love, which is how I approach the world... (laughs) Is when you lead with love, you don't preempt disasters that haven't happened yet. So my memory Mm -hmm. is pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I am hopeful that that that's not going to happen a lot. I think it will happen, but I think it's going to be the exception, not the rule. Because I think I'll go, no... That's in. I think we've done that somewhere. The, the other thing, the other thing I'm sort of curious about is, on one hand, you're one of these people who's absolutely fastidious about getting stuff off your desktop. Uh-huh. At the same time, you do have documents with things like a password from um, like 2004. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, first of all, I think or, people. Or the, this. That was weird. That was my my fork mm. hitting my wine glass. <laughs> I think it was a high A. And then you have this other document, which is a a comprehensive list of every gentleman you've ever received in your inbox. For what it's worth, I don't know where that is. It was called The Count. There was some point where I was like trying to remember everyone I'd slept with. And I was like, I can feel it leaving my memory. At my bachelorette party, I was in New York, and... um, I went for pizza with some friends. And then Maggie, who is my best friend, was like, oh, I know what we should do as a drinking game. Like, everyone has to go around and say the name or the circumstance surrounding someone Sarah has had sex with. (laughs) 
it was one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me because I felt so known and connected to all these people. And maybe it was around the time I met you when I knew that I was finished. And I thought there should be my list and your name should be the last person on that list. But I don't know where it went to. Did you, did you not think of um, having a stonemason maybe <laughs> carve it into a large obelisk? <laughs> that game must have gone a long time. Yeah, it was really fun. First of all, we, as a company, don't believe in slut-shaming men or women. So we both view for ourselves and the world high numbers as an asset. Yes, if that's what you want. If that's what you want. So so when you were going around reading out these names at your bachelorette (laughs) party, was it like the Maritime Cathedral when they read out the... Names of every man lost at sea on the Edmund Fitzgerald or whatever. <laughs> and a bell rings after every name. No, it was so much more Sober occasion. It was so much more festive than that. It was so fun. I really just, I felt like I have lived a goddamn life. Yeah. That's how I felt when it happened. It was so great. Anyway, the reason we got onto this is uh, the, the, the spreadsheet of names is lost. It's very not me that it's happened, and and today begins a new dawn. This is exciting. The the first sprinkles yeah. of twenty twenty three. This is and, it, and uh, this this is the pregame. So it's episode this is zero. Pregame before prom <laughs> and prom is succession on Monday. Okay, so this comes from Hannah Price Construct. She's requested the reveal at the end of the email. She's like, P.S., can I have construct? My love, my dear, my new friend, my listener, you can. Dear Sir and Madam Crotchcore, go on. And can I just say, you kind of manifested, Hannah. I did. (laughs) So in our last episode, I was like, listen, can some young, cool, smart 23-year-old, did I say 23? Yes, you did, yeah. Did I? Yes. Like, tell me why my feelings towards Shiv are my internalized misogyny. As discussed, someone with a tone said some things to me about myself. Hannah was a little softer in how she spoke to me. I felt a little more seen by her. I think she has slightly better negotiating skills. And so I went with her email because I felt less attacked, which is simultaneously very human of me and arguably not me being my best self. I don't know. I should have probably included the more critical email. Okay, dear Sir and Madam Crotchcore, I'm so here for this feminist crit slash Shiv analysis. Sarah, I had the same feelings regarding Shiv on Rewatch and was also curious as to what degree those feelings were prompted by Succession's writing choices or by my own internalized misogyny. So I feel connected to her. I feel understood. So here are my thoughts as a 23-year-old college grad with a lowly temp job that I'm currently ignoring to write this email. Do you know what also? I love when people tell us the circumstance. Mm. in which they're communicating with us. Oh, any any, any bit of backstory us. on you, any detail. Give us your backstory. Tell us like, oh, here's what I should be doing, but here's what I'm doing while I write to you, or here's where you listen. are, who you are. So Did, satisfying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know why. Okay, I believe part of the reason we find it so hard to sympathize with Shiv is that she refuses to be humiliated. We see her go through humiliating experiences. Yes, that deafening silence after she says to Logan, just tell them it's going to be me at dinner with the Pierces, the photograph with Mencken in season three, etc. Oh. That is a moment, isn't it? It's wonderful. And, and she doesn't... I've been in a situation where I've had to have my picture taken with somebody that I've not been thrilled about, and I will pull a surly face. And she's a bit pouty, but it, I think it's still recognisably a smile. Yeah, and it's it's the point being it's it's her trying to pretend that she's got power. 
by when standing off to one when side slightly. Logan is a yeah. hundred percent. You know, when he yeah. says that thing, you win, Pinky. I once worked with a guy whose grandfather had a pen pal in Germany. Uh huh. And his pen pal came over to England and went to a scout camp with him. And then, as an exchange, he he went over to Germany and went to a youth organization over oh, there. Shit. It was the 30s, as you may have guessed. And there was a photograph in this guy's grandfather's house of the granddad as a boy, his German pen pal, Hitler and Himmler. You're kidding. No. Isn't that the weirdest thing? That's the weirdest thing. That's like me. I was just trying to remember. I had a pen pal. Have you ever had a pen pal? We shouldn't do that. This is not good. But if my brother wants to write in or text me, he can remind me of the last name of my New Zealand pen pal, Elizabeth something. And my brother told me somewhat recently that he would sneak into my bedroom and read these letters that this New Zealand girl had sent to me. All right. I think the, the sprinklers are our pen pals. Nah, really. nah. Not like that. Okay. Construct continues. We aren't as privy. So she says she goes through these humiliating experiences and cites them, but we aren't as privy to her pain as we are to that of her brothers. What I would say just to that sentence is that it's it's not even just that we're not privy to her pain. It's that we're not pri- we don't see the moment where she goes, I am a fucking idiot. I am an idiot. I am powerless. I am stupid. Not seeing that from her as part of the problem. Do we see that with Roman? I... He bleeds it a little bit. No, we don't. But we see a softness in him. Like when he's like, Dad, love. Like, just love. Mm. But but the the point here being that she feels as, as, as a woman in that family and in that environment, she can't let that humiliation show. Maybe, I don't know. Generally, women are treated to and expected to weather a greater degree of humiliation than men. Maybe there is something about our own internal misogyny that takes issue when Shiv doesn't respond correctly in these interests. I think that's right. Mm. I think I think that my correct response is now show me you hating yourself. Right. That's what that's what I need from people, which is not good. Time and again, she is dismissed or ridiculed. We see her close off and try to disavow herself of hurt entirely. And maybe we resent her refusal to perform the pain we know she must be feeling. Yes, that's very true. On the other hand, there's certainly some authorial machinations going on that separate Shiv from her other Roy counterparts. She never demonstrates the same level of tragic self-awareness that Kendall does exactly, nor the lack thereof that we see from Connor, nor the id-driven depravity that Roman exudes. Her vulnerable moments lack the depth of authenticity needed to invoke our pity. Yes. But isn't that interesting that those those in themselves are three different manifestations of it? Mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. there's not one correct way that we like. It's just her way is the the way that for for these reasons that we're looking at doesn't sit well with us. Yeah, and like when Connor bigs himself up, it feels comic. Yes. Whereas when Shiv is like, I'm Shiv fucking Roy. I'm fucking smarter than yeah. Of course I could do this. I could kill it. It's not funny. It's very earnest. Mm. It's interesting to me that, except for Shiv, all the core Roys, sorry, Connor, this excludes you, have a moment where they lose control of some bodily function. Logan pissing, Roman jerking it over his office window, Kendall shitting the bed. These moments serve to juxtapose the Roy's high-status presentation in society with an animal baseness. Yes, a rawness. Yes! 
Does Shiv's exclusion from this motif play into why we can't connect with her in the same way? I think what I actually think it does is I think it proves this point about like women and humiliation. Like think about men pissing in public Mm -hmm. and think about women pissing in public. Well, now, uh, interestingly, you as a man (laughs) refuse to piss in public. And as previously discussed on our podcast, I will piss anywhere, anytime. I was thinking more about your mother, the world being her toilet. You have that modelled in the same way. My brother also is crazy. Yeah. With so, her so, so in in the same way as those children are just manifestations of the abuse <laughs> suffered by Logan. Yeah, you, but my point is, if a more normal woman than me mm. pulls her underpants down and squats and pisses on the street, mm. it feels different. Than like when you see a guy rocking up to these like public open urinals that are now all over the West End, like behind Trafalgar Square, where it's like, oh, dude, just rock up here and piss, why don't you? There's a point is there's like a dig, there's like slightly more dignity to it. Right. Women losing control is like physical control. The closest we get really is her dancing. That is amazing. Um, Another reason I think Shiv's character struggles to invite our sympathy is that Shiv seems to lack a sense of self. She props up her identity using her career choices, which cast her in opposition to her family's politics while remaining close enough to benefit from the wealth and influence. It's interesting that you're describing them as her family's politics, because I think they all just have rich person liberal values apart from Logan. But I don't even think Logan has values, really. No, but Logan's got his own agenda, whereas they are... The the people they tool around with mm-hmm. will say all the right things about, say, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Fuck the patriarchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Even Roman. What's the word? It's like when he says to make him like, fesh, it's cool, but like, not really. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. isn't it? Her marriage to Tom allows her to maintain a constant sense of control over her personal life, which is this other thing I find repulsive. In my, I find it repulsive when men do it, too. I believe this absence of self is a deliberate writing choice, but is it unique to Shiv? Aren't all the Roy siblings somehow deprived of their own individuality from the start? Isn't that the tragedy of the whole thing? Anyway, my conclusion is Jesse Armstrong and co are as aware of these questions as we are and prefer to leave them unanswered. Instead, the writers lay just enough groundwork on Shiv's character, provide us a firm yet springy diving board from which to project our own expectations of how a woman in her position should act. Love. She doesn't write that. I just put that in her mouth. Price. <laughs> P.S. is construct taken. It is now, bitch, by you. I almost want to applaud <laughs> of my many endeavours. The email we get on this podcast is mind-blowing. The, the, the marriage of what we want and what we get. So, so great. I mean, I was verbally abused today, but other than that, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't think you were verbally abused. I was verbally abused. I think, I think you were. I think you got hate mail. I was very, very lightly <laughs> criticized, and I had a very negative response. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One thing we said we'd talk about on this special sprinkles is uh, is is the potential spin-offs. Yes, Jesse Armstrong said in his interview with the New Yorker a month or so ago that it was something he's interested in. On the red carpet at the premiere the other night, a reporter asked him about this. He obviously knew it was going to happen, so he got something up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. He made a joke about a sitcom about Hugo having to move back in with his daughter. <laughs> but we have had some email. First one comes from Philippa. Who I have named Sugar Plum Failure. If there's another Sugar Plum Failure and I forgot, tell me. Firsties, besties, and you get to keep it and I'll find something new for Philippa because I love a complicated system. I'm my mother's daughter. Go. All right. Uh, Hey up, FNN. I need to know your thoughts on a spin-off. We can't stop thinking about a prequel with Logan's rise to success, The Scrappy Days. Yes. More on the brotherly feud, creepy Moe's reign, Jerry as the new Peggy from Mad Men, how Logan falls for Scary Poppins, played by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Jack O'Connell stroke Charlie Hunam. Do you know either of those No, I figured you'd know who they were. I thought they were like British people who I didn't know. They might be. I'm I'm really bad at knowing who people are, though. Okay. Uh, Logan in his 30s. Sean Bean, who's with me? Um, as <laughs> uh, Logan, age 50 ish. I'm trying to think if I, t- I'm not sure if I generally love a prequel. I don't know. I, I feel that Better Call was so amazing that like it sold me on a prequel. But it wasn't quite a pre. It jumped around all over the place, didn't it? It was a prequel. And, that was a prequel. It was, but it was also the same actor playing Saul. Yeah, okay, I get it. I think Who's the have, through line you're saying? I think there have been good ones. And and also, if, if it was coming from the succession writers, it would just be good. But when I think of something set in the past, I, I think, oh, God, please don't lean yeah, too heavily Everything on... Yeah, about the past is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And then um, on the same subject, this from Angus. Angus, your nickname is fucking silver spoon asshole. Who says, dear Firecrutch and Normcore... Succession spin-offs, literally anything from that universe written by that writer's room surely has to be compulsive viewing. However, where are the limits? What could they produce that would drain even the vast reservoir of faith we have in them? But which of the following would you draw the line? And, and bearing in mind that I think I set a very high bar with Colin occupants of interplanetary craft. Yeah, that was... I mean, Rested. I never understood the reference, but I could tell it was good. I take it you've been away and listened to that Carpenter's song now. Oh, yeah. It's all I've done since you mentioned it. An old silver spoon has a few suggestions for okay, us, so I'm let's listening. rattle through them. You and Roy's carpool ornithology. 
documentary. Each week, Ewan takes a passenger uh, in his car uh, over the long, empty roads of rural Canada in search of lesser-known North American bird species. <laughs> what I really like this is it would just be the antithesis of James Corden fawning over people. Yes. It'd be, it'd be the polar opposite of that. Lots of long, awkward silences. Him berating people for misidentifying a bird. Yes. So it would be like um, like slow TV. Isn't slow TV a thing? Slow TV is a thing yeah. like, where, where they'll strap a camera to the uh, front of a reindeer sled or a canal barge <laughs> or something. Yes. And you just kind of like watch yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He really is like something out of the Old Testament, isn't he? Yeah. I think we should watch Babe. We've never seen it. Oh, Babe's a great film. Yeah. I've never seen it. That'll do. Isn't that what he says in that film? I watched that in Santa Barbara, of all places. Oh, with your horror of an ex <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. I know. And she she would know if she's listening to this. Yes, if you're listening, I think you know I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like a good thing to say. <laughs> All right, keep going. Um, Meth Head Santa, a franchise spawning comedy oh feature God. film. Vince Vaughn stars. Um, Meth Head Santa, of course, uh, was a nickname for Gil. It's going to be a nickname of someone who's coming up. Great, think, great. Uh, a family pierce. Cloying political morality series in the style of the newsroom. Family matriarch Nan Pierce navigates turbulent waters in public and personal matters. Oh my god! I really like that because you can almost see that if Aaron Sorkin and, um, of course, a, a, a great talent, uh, if if he'd have written a show about a media dynasty, yes, that's what we would have got instead yeah, yeah, of succession. Yeah, 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 so good. Um, the fly, the fly guys. The fly Fly guys. Of course. Suits meets entourage. Join these college buddies in adventures in corporate life across the Midwest. <laughs> and then in brackets. Sadly, due to scheduling conflicts, uh, Matthew McFadden's character will not be featuring. I, th- I think you would get him in, you get him in one episode towards the beginning. Okay. He's back in town to work something out with his parents. Maybe they're downsizing oh. and he needs to clear yes. out the childhood bedroom and he has that one great night with the fly guys as we're introduced to them as characters and then maybe in the christmas special he, he we, we get a brief cameo on a facetime call yeah yeah but there might be the odd episode where maybe um frank is passing through town on business bon chance franco um angus sent such a lot of great spin-off ideas angus is that, a very clever guy that, yeah. do you think angus is definitely scottish you always make that assumption don't you yeah I always, like I, I i don't understand that to be a name for someone who isn't then and i thought oh i wonder if that's just something i have no idea about and there are a lot of english I sh- I welsh should, Anguses hanging out i should say it's angus and katie angus mm-hmm. was the name on the email address so he's not one of those people who's decided to have a joint email address with his partner. No, 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 of course not. Which I respect him for. Yeah, of course. But I don't know people who do that anymore. No. I don't think if, I've actually, anymore, I don't think I've ever known anyone who's done that. People have joint email addresses. Like none of your parents' friends. So if an email popped up that was from both Bob and Peggy Lemley, <laughs> your parents' friends no, I don't who think provide I, the pies on Thanksgiving. Great pies. I don't think so, but I don't know. You'd have to ask my mom. Oh. Mom, if you want to write in. Oh, she will. You can tell us if any of your friends have joint email addresses. This comes from Sarah Morgan. Sarah, your nickname is now Poop Deck of a Majestic Schooner. That's hard for me. Poop Deck of a Majestic Schooner. Now, 
all that Sarah has written in, we were talking last week, I think it was, about how Roman would propose if Roman were to propose to someone. Now, if this is the Sarah, I think it is. It is Sarah. 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 So Sarah is a writer who, Sarah, listen to this. I saw Sarah from across a crowded room at a party. I go to parties sometimes. (laughs) And Jeff was obviously like refused to go. So I took my friend with me and we went to a party. Had like a ladies night out on a Friday. Great. And a thing I learned about Sarah, this Sarah at Mm. that party, very, very good dancer. I'm unsurprised. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I was like, mm. oh, I see that. I wasn't like feeling myself that night or I would have like, it, it, it wasn't the right dance floor energy for me or I would have like tried to like shimmy up beside her, but it wasn't right. But anyway, Sarah, I saw you from afar and I thought she can do that. The two of you could have done the shiv. No, she's very, very good. Good enough to do the shiv though? I don't think it's this, I don't think it's what her body wants to communicate on the dance mm. floor. And it's not what mine wants to communicate. Could you do the Tom dancing to Uptown Girl? When does he dance to Uptown Girl? When he ejects Nate from the wedding. He then triumphantly dances to Uptown Girl. Oh my God. Have I told my Uptown Girl story on this podcast? No. I don't think so. So when I was little, this is my memory is that like a prox every other Sunday, my parents would make my, and I say make, my brother and me go into downtown Chicago to like do something cultural. And I hated it. (laughs) And we would drive back and they would always stop at a Dunkin' Donuts. And that would be like a treat that we got. And so one Sunday, and I was, I don't know, maybe eight. And so Sam would have been like four or nine and five, something like this. And we pull in to this Dunkin' Donuts and the song Uptown Girl is playing. And there was some way in which I felt like my mother was very subtly, but in a way that a child could clock as something, was like flirting. My dad was there, but like flirting with the man. So she man. was making a cook of him, same as usual. Yeah, the huge. <laughs> just thinking about, like, me talking about all, like, the guys that, like, me t- telling you about the party game at my bachelorette party, and I'm telling you that now. And my mother flirting with this man in front of my dad, and I'm just thinking about the apple in the tree and so on mm. and so forth. But anyway, so there was some way that she was being, like, a little fun and flirty with the guy selling us our donuts. And my mom was the uptown girl, and he was the downtown man working at the Dunkin' Donuts. And thinking, like, there was something. She was the Christy Brinkley. Uh huh. And he was the Billy Joel. And there was something I understood in that moment about different worlds. It wasn't even creepy. It was like, if that had been my dad Mm. and a late, but my dad would never. It was just, and it wasn't even a flirt. It was a. Free son? Was it a free son? You know, she likes attention from people and she was we like... We all like attention from people. Whatever she would have been doing, but I would have understood this idea. I understood this idea of an uptown girl and a downtown man in That's that moment is. is that song was playing, watching my mother from Highland Park, Illinois, talk to this guy in Evanston who was selling her a donut. And her children and her husband, we all got donuts. I would never eat a donut now because I'm a princess. Well, I'm really posh one from a patisserie. No, I, I generally I hate all donuts. I don't enjoy a donut. Any Claire, if it's very very light on its feet. Maybe. <laughs> How are you and your brother so different? I don't know. But um, I guess I had more anxiety generally for my parents, and then all his shit is food related. Mm. <laughs> I mean, there's also his rage, but um, <laughs> which is completely absent in you. No, I've got some rage. You do? So do you. Don't even. 
Okay. So Sarah, who, the point is, is that I think this is the Sarah Morgan. I think it is. So it she, is. is I'm she's sure a it is. writer. So Sarah, a profesh, wrote us this scene of what it would sound like if Roman did actually propose to Jerry. Oh, I, I got the wrong end of the stick here. Go on. It is so. I, I've I've read this. Yeah, it's really good. And and I just thought Sarah had noticed it in a rewatch, and we'd completely missed it. It feels so real. So this is the point. Maybe this actually happened, and somehow no, we no, have, but we I have bet, just rewatched right. all of Succession, I and I don't right. remember this. I bet that's right. So the point is, Sarah, is this is so good that Jeff thought you were like you guys. You forgot this thing happened. So did we forget? No. I or think are you it, just so good? Okay. So Roman. One more thing, real quick. Should we get married? Jerry, what? You know, not that, like an equivalent thing, like abduct you and force you to live with me. Jerry, that's not equivalent. Roman, then you kill me. You chop my dick off, you know, something. I'm kidding. But you know what I'm saying. You eat me. I eat you like they do in Germany. Anyway, a lot to think about. I get it. So like, bye. It's so good. It it, it just feels... Sarah, it's very good. Now maybe we are going to find out that it was actually in succession. But I don't remember this scene. And I've watched the show constantly across the last two weeks you know they're bringing out the scripts of all four series as a as a nice hardback book i think i did hear that here's what i'd really love and this is the same for any show i don't just want to see the stuff that ended up on the screen i I want the scripts before the edit interesting but we never we'll never get that no you never do now the next one comes from slime puppy whose nickname we very much haven't forgotten yeah that one that doesn't have to go on my new list. Um, slime Puppy is our regular. And Slime He's our mole. But well, Slime Puppy is our mole, uh, more, more of which to, yes, be discussed. to be discussed. And he says Hey, French and Saunders. Uh, the rap party Sunday night was really wonderful. Jesse gave a lovely speech before we were treated to a fantastic blooper reel, which ended up being a love letter to the crew. We'll he's a very say. positive guy, Slime Puppy. Yeah, he's great. He's uh, yeah. Um, he does say though. Mm. He's got a bone to pick with us. He's 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 irked. Yeah, vexed maybe even. <laughs> he says one thing which has been n- niggling, niggling, that, that, niggled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at me just just a little bit. Could you please find a way to stress that your mole, Slime Puppy, has never fed you any actual plot details? I don't fancy myself as the Tom Wamsgams of succession podcasts. Well, I just want to say here, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't want any. Nope. He's ne- Slime Puppy, our mole, has never given us anything he shouldn't. He's a good, good boy. He's a good mole. He's a good little mole. A good little mole man. Uh, he says, I've only given you positive perspectives of, of being on set. Uh, and to be honest, there's nothing negative I could say anyway. Oh my you, God, so positive. You were really bang on about Jesse hiring good eggs because mm-hmm. he absolutely did. And in every department, not just the thespians. One of the great joys, because Slime Puppy got in touch with us very early on when we started the podcast. And one of the great joys has, has just been having that world mm-hmm. of the succession production slightly fleshed out because that's, that's what he's done. He's just sort of given us a sense of what it is to be there and the level of detail and attention that goes into everything. No, he's not a snitch bitch. He's like a real, he's like a positive man. Yeah. Okay. Next, we hear from Jane. Jane, your nickname is some waiter's dick in Palermo, Sarah. 
she writes to me. Sarah, I was shocked to hear that someone I have agreed with on so many points had such terrible taste in both British foods and Matthew McFadden. But I can tell that there's a warmth behind what she's saying. This is the difference with the other lady. <laughs> Percy pigs and Jaffa cakes are nothing short of divine. Blech. Please try them with an open mind. I would try them, for real. If you wanted me, if someone, if I can send my bank details and someone will give me a hundred pounds, I will eat one Percy pig for a hundred pounds and then I, I will eat a Jaffa cake for another hundred pounds. That's how much money I want to do that because I will feel like I'm going to vomit and I have a vomit phobia. More importantly, I have to agree with Jeff that Matthew McFadden is an absolute dreamboat. I wonder if it's because of his amazingly cringy performances, Tom, that you don't see that. I know you've said before that wife guys give you the ick, but I think if you see him with his phenomenal and all-around national Trevor wife, Keely Hawes, yes, I know that's who he's with, it will warm your heart and melt your vag. Jane, first of all, I... Stand corrected, because after I said that, and I found out that he played Mr. Darcy, which I didn't know, I started Googling him, and I was like, oh, he's... No, I I have said that I find Matthew McFadden quite sexy. I don't find Tom sexy. So I do feel I made that point. Maybe Jeff left it out of the edit or something. But I, I, I did feel that I was into Matthew. But I just want to, I want to take the whole statement back because I've done a lot of Googling of him recently, and he he just is the sexiest thing of all time. And, and I'm sorry that I was just running my mouth without thinking enough about it. But I, I stay I stay where and who I am regarding Percy Pigs and Jaffa Cakes. I, I should also mention that benign fungus left a voice note, horrified at what you had to say about the English countryside. Oh, my God, I've become a hate figure. <laughs> <laughs> and has extended a, a kind invitation uh, for you to go to, I think, her father's house. But Which I have a thing about staying in people's houses, so I could only come if it had been professionally cleaned and no one was there. <laughs> <laughs> so could you hire could you hire a cleaner? I'm not saying that our house is so immaculate, but it's well, well we've already talked about the being an antenna infestation. Yeah, but I'm just such a fucking snot about other people's houses. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's my mom's fault and my dad's fault. But um, I don't trust the average person to meet my standards of a clean home. That's it. So thank you so much for your invitation. <laughs> Can you make sure that no one's there? Can it have been professionally cleaned, fresh sheets and all that? But by the sort of cleaners who, who go in and do murder scenes. Yeah, like some fucking <laughs> thorough bullshit. Not someone who's like, oh, I no, like real shit. And then can there like be some bikes at my disposal? Thanks on that. I'd love to come visit. <laughs> And is there like a waitrose nearby? Because I don't want to fucking. I'm 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 egging on. I shop at Tesco's all the time. I was doing a performance. I was just gonna be like, not fucking Tesco's, and I was like, I shop at Tesco's. You don't know this about me, but I'm at a Tesco's constantly. Because I was about to say you, you're trying to sound like a woman of the people by saying you shop at Tesco's all the time. When yeah, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I do. It's like a a, a tomato pasta thing that I will often buy if I need something to eat. The secret life. My secret little you life. lead. I know. All right, this is from Sean Lynn Devonport. Sean, we're going to call you latte-sipping douchebag. Dearest FC and NC. I think Sean is a regular correspondent. Sean says, Dearest FC and NC, I'm dying to know what these poodles are all about. She then includes a link to an Instagram post, mm-hmm. which... I'm trying to remember if we discussed this on the little mini episode from last summer as well. It was a casting agency. 
who did a post asking for poodles. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, Grant Whiffley Casting is seeking standard poodles for the fourth season of the Emmy-winning series, Succession. I wonder how many people with poodles are looking at these ads and they're thinking, oh, I don't think that's for me, until they see the Emmy nomination. Do you know what? For me, it would be succession. Like, if we had a dog mm. and I saw a casting request for a dog, like, whatever weird, dark, psychotic, remote thing lives in me that would be like, we should put our son in a modeling in a catalog. But I would repress that. I'd be like, let's get our dog. Let's get our dog out there. Yeah, because... I would want to see my dog in an episode of Succession. Because <laughs> it doesn't damage the dog in the same way, does it? Right. There's no psychological damage. It's not going to become a monster. No. So then you don't get the child star thing happening with Lassie. That's so interesting. Like, how does fame affect animals? But anyway. But they don't know... The, the, the dog doesn't know it's in a TV show. <laughs> the dog just thinks it's gone well, somewhere. maybe I just think more highly of dogs <laughs> the than dog you do. The dog just thinks it's gone somewhere where, where somebody's waving food around. Right, right, right. It. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, seeking New York tri-state locals with standard poodles to work as extras in a ritzy diner scene. Wow, a I ritzy can't. diner. You know, for all we know, the scene will be cut or something. But that mm. is, I, I don't even know what that would be. I know one of the scenes in the new series is in, you know, that restaurant Jean-Georges. Yeah, it's in Jean-Georges? Uh-huh. How interesting. That's so old school. But they're an old school family. Yeah. You're saying it's not like really old school, old money, old New York. You would have thought it was a bit passe. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyways. Um, one more detail. Important note, this scene will shoot during nighttime hours with a possible wrap time around 12 a.m. Hmm. Midnight brackets afterwards for people who can't work that out. <laughs> I am now excited to see if this scene is in the... Mm. I remember going to one restaurant in Monte Carlo where they had, you know, With like your horror of an ex girlfriend. <laughs> We've been to Monte Carlo together, so that yeah. one's fine. Keep yeah. going, um, but not not to a restaurant as nice as this one. Of course, yeah. God, she really got your good fucking window. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm sorry if you're listening. I'm sorry I called you a whore, she but knows. you know I meant it yeah. in a funny way, and also you really got the good fucking window. <laughs> oh my God, and um, they they had. Yeah, you get a coat check. Yeah. They had that but for poodles. That's and small dogs. Fascinating. Yeah. That is incredible information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this next email is from Annie Sutcliffe. Annie, I'm calling you a man with two assholes. Which just I just want to say I think it's my favorite one so far. A man with two assholes. That's so great. Okay. <laughs> hey FCNNC. I was interested to hear you discussing Kendall's penchant. For motorbike taxis in your season two episode, it seems to me that this is not so much, excuse me, I'm hiccuping. It seems to me that this is not so much a newfound love of bikes as an understandable reluctance to travel by car following the events in England in series one. I recall he was happy to be chauffeured around before the accident. Annie. Slash. A man with two assholes. Loved it. That's an interesting theory. Yeah. Because he's certainly back to being chauffeured around in Series 3. Is he just? In the limo. We see him a few times being being driven around. Boo. Next. Um, Camilla, Method Santa, the aforementioned, says, Hi, guys. Regarding your question about the point at which Kendall decides to publicly turn against Logan, I saw an interview with Jeremy Strong who stated that Kendall decided to turn when Logan was giving him that speech on the boat and said there were no real people involved in the incident. Apparently, it was this statement that showed Kendall that Logan was evil, 
corrupt, etc. And he made up his mind to stand up against him. Well, what's interesting about that, though, is he wouldn't have known about the Greg papers at that stage. So what was he going to do? Go and give that same press conference, but with no hard evidence. Ammo. To back it. Yeah. Okay. So this is from Bob Serrano. Bob, we're going to call you first fucking pancake. And he just has some questions which we're going to treat as rapid fires. Okay? Mm-hmm. Why don't I think I'm going to ask you the questions and you're going to answer. Okay. Keep it tight, bitch. Question one. Don't we really want to see Marsha come in and kick everyone's ass? Yes and no. Love Marsha. Not unreservedly rooting for her. Didn't really want to see her on the trust. But I do like the idea that Logan's bitten off more than he can chew with her, maybe. Number two. Who would you rather hang out with, Carl or Frank? Hanging out with Carl would be a lot like hanging out with you. Because of all the eating. All the eating. And but then he's does, a, doesn't he's he a, need to like lie down at some stage yeah, but he's for like some a weird Dionysian, reason? A Dionysian, but you know, not that one. So the hedonist. He, he's, he's a hedonist. He's a sexual yeah. libertine, isn't he? Yeah, so he's going to be you taking should... you to sexy places which you're not going to like. No, no. But but um, <laughs> maybe Frank then. Yeah, I think Frank I is better for you. console him. Yeah. About his girlfriend and the waiter in Palermo. Yes. Okay. Three. Out of the following characters, who would you want to work for? Logan, Kendall, Roman, Shiv, Tom, or the wild card? Connor. Oh, I have a strong instinct on this. Go on. Connor. Go on. So I think he could be awful to work for, as we saw when he was running that gala, the Reckney Ball or Mm -hmm, whatever it was. mm -hmm. But I also think that he's so sad and lonely, it's quite possible that to try and buy my friendship, he, he might just give me an enormous check one day. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's. I, I I would be happy to be, in the, like like Willa, but as a friend. Yes. Okay, I like that for mm-hmm. you. I've, I've heard of people being kept in an entourage. Uh huh. That then you have to go along with the escapades, but just um, getting to suck on that cash teat. Does that really happen? No, I don't know. Does anyone know any high powered businessmen out there who've employed Friends. a friend? <laughs> It's just what people fucking do. Is it? No, I'm not going to go off on that. Okay. Um, next, four. Is it just me? Or does Kendall actually seem like the most fun Roy when he's on drugs? No, because it's the worst type no, of fun. This is my alcoholic husband talking. I, I recognize that fun. Yeah. I was that soldier. Yeah. And it, that is not no, fun. No, no, no. And, and not for, I, I can't handle people feeling out of control. So not for me, but if that's your truth, then we respect that. Number five. Influenced by the last episode of season two when Shiv and Tom almost had a threesome, what Roy employee are you inviting to be your third? So I'll tell you this right now. I'm not interested in a threesome. So it would have to be a man that I would have sex with and then you could masturbate. Would I be in behind a locked door? <laughs> I don't get it. Is that what Tom well, does? Doesn't Tom want the the sex worker that Shiv has oh, arranged yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. go into the bathroom on her own? Who would we? Who would I want in a threesome? I mean, basically, that question for me is me thinking. No, you're the one answering these. See, I'm so no, 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 no. Well, you've started an answer though. Who would I most want to have sex with? Anyone on that show? I think Stewie. I don't think it'd be good with Stewie. But uh, there's, is there anyone? I want to fuck you, all the writers. You know me. If you went with Matson, then then you'd be the uh, what do they call it? The Bang daughter-in-law. <laughs> oh, Bang Brothers. Yeah, but you'd it? be the Bang daughter-in-law of Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I think I'd like Jesse, you know. If if they made a Mamma Mia three if they oh, made a Mamma Mia oh, oh. three, you might get to go to the premiere. <laughs> That'd be fun. Here we go again. All right. Oh, who would you like in a threesome? Jess? Jess just looks too worried all the time. I don't do well with the idea that somebody wouldn't want to be there. But I also think that if I was involved, that would be more likely the case anyway. 
Jerry, how about Jerry in business wear? A, a little bit, yeah. And yeah. Marsha, maybe? Not so much. Okay. Oh, I'll tell you who I like. Go. Kendall's lawyer, what she called. Oh, Lisa. Mm. Yeah, Sana Lathan. Yes. I was Googling her yesterday. Um, if you were in Waystar Royco, what division would you have worked in? ATN, Cruises, are you in charge of an amusement park in upstate New York? Waystar Studios, the local television networks? Do you not work but live in New Mexico? Jeff. Well, I think I would be very well suited to the Connor Roy lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not necessarily living on a compound. No, but I think we would really get into New Mexico. I think we could have a great time there. A good life. A yeah, good life yeah. away from it all. Oh my God. Do you know how good my hair would look if we lived there? It's the dry, it's the dry heat. Oh, I'd be a whole new woman. Is that the optimal environment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so maybe, Connor, although I have got experience. You know, we see both Greg in the first episode and then Roman when he's on his management training inside the mascots mm-hmm. oh. at the theme park. I do have some mascot experience. I was Mr. Blobby in Stockport's Merseyway shopping precinct. Oh, my God. Uh, in the uh, four weekends in the run-up to Christmas 1992, I think. Wow. Yeah. How did you find it? Wasn't good. The the costume didn't really resemble Mister Blobby. Uh, there were there was no frame inside of it. It was just like the sort of stuff old rugs were made out of, but hanging loose. Oh, so it didn't keep God. its shape. And whereas Mister Blobby had had eyes, this just had a big holes cut in it, so children could see me in there, and then became quite distressed at that sight. I have to Google Mister Blobby. He's not famous to Americans. It's one of these bits of culture that is incredibly difficult to explain to anybody who didn't live through it. All right. That was it. That was our last email for this week. Please, please, please send us an embarrassment of riches. It's going to be the first episode of the last season of Succession. Get your thoughts out, baby. Lay them all on us. Lay all your thoughts on us. Just send us all your shit, bitch. Yeah. Give us your theories. You what, know the- no- what did you notice? What was in the background? What did you think? You know, she weren't quite sure. What What are you th- What are you thinking? Even if you just want to write us like a love poem for some performance or some scene, we'd be here for that. There's going to be new ATN headlines in the background, presumably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's going to be new stuff in the opening credits. Or there has been in the other series. Mm-hmm. Lots to be getting your teeth into. Let us be our little. Let's be a little campfire that you come around. Slash your prom pregame, baby. Send us your emails. Fuck off at firecratchandnormcore.com. All right. Do you want to usher us out of the house party into the limousine as we mm-hmm. head towards mm-hmm. the season four Ooh, premiere? Good tweet. I love this podcast. Bad tweet. Sarah doesn't understand nuance. <laughs> <laughs> good tweet. She's a bootleg awesome person. Who am I a bootleg version of? Cassie Griffin? No. God, people used to always tell me I looked like her. Anyway, which is fine. Bad tweet. You don't... You're insane. I'm just kidding. I'm sure you're a nice person. I'm sorry about my anger at you. Did it's you ever do improv? Shit. Yeah, I was bad at it. Right. You, is that what you were just thinking? I was... I know, I know, I know. I'm really bad. I feel embarrassed. Um. Okay, look. How many days? If you're listening to this on Friday... If you listen to it in America on Friday, just Saturday and Sunday. Here it comes. It's so exciting. I hope counting down the the days and the hours feels fun instead of torturous. And we will see you guys on Tuesday after Monday's episode. We'll be there when you wake up. We'll be there when you wake up. 
We'll talk to you then. Godspeed. Fuck off. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.